Undercover investigations are one of the most complex and unpredictable aspects of my job. In every situation, there are new assumed identities, liabilities, and an ever-changing relationship with the target. I have the privilege of navigating all of this with a young woman that's been training for the job her entire life, my daughter Amy. Today, we'll be discussing the many ups and downs we encounter facing all manner of criminals as a family. From Storic Media, you're listening to Codename Siren, a true crime podcast with Nina Hobson. We work together. Yep. And we do everything together yep. as mom and daughter. But what do you really feel about being in this world that you have grown up in and I have always done? I think for me, it's there's like a line. So some things I don't want to know about. It's almost too like dark for me or too hard to comprehend that that happens in the world. Like I know that the world can be a scary place. But for me, some of the things you do, I could just never do. I don't know how you do it. And I don't know how you compartmentalize so well and leave some things behind and just not bring it home. And I don't think I could do that. I think for me, it would affect me a lot more. So for some of the things I just, there's just no way that I could do it. But for others, uh, the lighter, not so scary things I enjoy because we get to do it together. So now it just kind of feels normal because it evolved over time. So you first started working with me when you were probably five. Yeah. When did you realize that this was what you were actually doing and that you were working with me and that you were undercover? I think I knew that I was just kind of helping you with your job. I don't think I understood what undercover meant until I was a lot older because even in the case we did for the doctor on Harley Street in London. She's referring to a case where we investigated a fraudulent doctor in the UK. He was falsely diagnosing children and profiting off prescriptions. Amy was playing the role of a patient in this case. I was told before going into it, this is your name, this is where you live, and I was given a different identity. But for me, that was just like, I mean, I think you said, this is your role today. So for me, it was like an acting project. And I didn't realize, oh, I'm going undercover to expose this person. I think I understood the assignment, but not necessarily the outcome. Like I wasn't aware of what my role in it would do at at the end of the day. Um, so I don't think I even realized until a lot older. I mean, you always seemed excited. I don't know what it's like to tell your kids that this is what you do for a job because it's different. It's not mommy's going to the office or mommy's a doctor or she's whatever. It, I don't know what that must have felt like for my kids. I probably never considered that. But I do remember a case when I think we came out of the supermarket that was my first recollection or memory of realizing that our, which I don't even know if I realized in that moment, but realizing that our childhood was not normal because we came out of the grocery store as a family, got into our family car, and then 
you said, oh, there's, there's my target also coming out of the grocery store. In this case, the target was someone that I had been investigating for a serious assault. And then all of a sudden, someone's calling 911. There's cop cars behind us. We're in our family car and um, there's police behind us. And now we're in a high-speed chase and Harrison's in his car seat. He's like three next to me. And everyone's like on, you know, on the phone and on comms. And I'm we're just in the back like, this is so cool. Like we're going so fast. And even in that moment, I was like, oh, this is, like this is cool this is mum's mum's job and even then I didn't realize that that wasn't normal like I thought that other people were also doing that coming out of the grocery store and I think growing up it was everyone else always thought that your job was really cool and I think as Harrison and I got older it was less cool to us because we didn't get away with anything so everyone else was like whoa like your mom has the coolest job that's so awesome And I'm like, yeah, but I have a tracking device on my car. So it's not that cool, is it? (laughs) Like, I can't do anything. They know where I am. Like, I was at a a train station once, and I had gone to see a boyfriend that I was not supposed to see. And I just get a text from mom being like, what are you doing at this train station? I was like, how do you even know that I'm there? Like, I told you I'm somewhere else. So yeah, she's she did. like, I have eyes everywhere. That's what you replied. And I will never forget when you said, I have eyes everywhere. And then um, I've been an angel ever since. <laughs> well, then yeah. I moved to a different country. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done jobs with me and you've been brilliant at doing the jobs. And I think it's your because you're a trained actress. You're not just somebody who one day said, I'm, you know, like the rest of Hollywood, I'm going to be an actress. You're a trained actress. You had a scholarship to college in New York. But I think it's your background that has allowed you to do what you do with me undercover because, like you say, it's an acting job. Yeah. You know, I mean, you realize now it's not an acting job. It's, and the consequences and the dangers are a lot higher than you probably ever thought. But to me, your background lends really well. I think it's the ability to remember information about a character or a person and also improvise. Like I can I can think on the spot very well because of my training. So if I'm in a situation where the target asks me a question about who I'm supposed to be, I'm able to think as that person. And I don't panic or freak out because that's how I'm trained so I think that's I'm also a very good liar because of what you do like almost instinctively I can't lie to you but I could probably lie pretty well to my friends or even Kyle my (laughs) husband if I needed to but I think that kind of comes with the job I'm very quick at being able to make up something or come up with something on a whim because it's also a protection thing. Yeah. Right? Like to get you out of a situation. So I think that's where my training comes in. Yeah. And you could, like you say, you got given a new identity very young. When we did the doctor job, I think you were 11. And you got it in an instant, whereas I'm like, and I do it a lot. And the job in Beverly Hills, what was the first thing we did? I said my real name. Yeah. And luckily, 
he didn't pick up on it, but you and I both picked up on it and you quickly filled in. And, but you, I've never seen you do that. It's like you become that character and we don't have a script. What kind of made me come on board is that times are changing and times have changed since you started where now social media and Instagram and the dating apps and, you know, all of this technology has become such a prevalent way of people meeting bad guys, good guys, whatever the case. So I think for me, like I have that knowledge in how social media works and how to find people and how to use their geotags and things like that, which helps in those situations because it's ever evolving, right? So that's why I always say to people that I'm, I'm trying to be a younger version of you because I can, there's a lot of stuff I don't know how to do, but the, the technology and the newer things is kind of my thing as well, which helps, especially on jobs like the Beverly Hills one where the target is very highly sought after on social media and lives this lavish life, and I actually knew of her. The Beverly Hills job you were a key person to that. And the fact that you knew the target or you knew of the target because of social media prior to us getting the job was, was an interesting point. And that really worked. So we had to track down a person from the UK who had gone, had been found guilty at court for a horrendous amount of fraud and had fled the country, the UK, and our job was to find them. And we obviously tracked her down through social media and but we couldn't locate her but we located her boyfriend in Beverly Hills selling multi-million dollar houses which was great for us because it gave us the opportunity to put together a a fake identity a fake role and we were who were we we were were talent managers talent managers from the UK and we were buying properties for our clients Mm -hmm. and the fact that you had done And this is where it's really, really key in our job is the background is the most important thing because you knew what our end goal was to find out where she was and to pick her up on surveillance. But you also knew so much about her. You were able to engage him in conversation to steer it onto her. And the way that you did that, I would never have done because I I didn't know enough about her, but you did because you're the right age and you're on social media and you got him talking very, very quickly. He was very willing to give all information. Well, I'm not sure he was willing or just he had no idea what he was actually doing. <laughs> yeah. And the real estate agent was an operative, one of our operatives, and then you and I were as the client. And we got to look at fancy houses, yeah. right? And then when we had got that information, we knew that he was – so we had a surveillance team, like you say, I think there was four, maybe five cars outside – And he told us he was going to go and collect her. She was in Malibu, which he was going to see her. So that meant that we would get eyes on her that night. So then all hell broke out and we all left. The guys waited. We got changed in the car. So we were out of our business suits and we were in our shorts and baseball caps. And we became part of the surveillance team, which we're not always, but this allowed us to do that. He knew that he had surveillance on him because he knew that they were fraudsters and they lived their life looking over their shoulder. And 
he pulled into the cops. So by the time we'd all told the police that, don't be ridiculous, we're English, we're, we're on a holiday and we're just trying to find Santa Monica, the, yeah. hit the target, and then we f- we caught him again later. But Yeah, in a different vehicle because yeah. they only have rental cars. That's right. He was swapping vehicles all the time. Um, and that job's still ongoing. The game plan has changed and there's, we've located her now. There's other stuff going on. But that was actually a really fun night. Yeah. Then there was the, the other job where I flew in. You weren't supposed to be on it at all. You were in your pajamas on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I flew into your kitchen and I stripped off from, again, I was in business suit to casual. And Kyle, your husband, my son-in-law, bless him, came in the kitchen as I'm stripped off to my underwear. And I went, don't mind me, we're on a job. <laughs> and you're getting ready, going... I have to go on a job with her. But that's one of those situations, too, that's so crazy about being undercover because earlier in the day, you met the target in one outfit. At the W and Hotel. Sat next to him at a bar in the hotel. And then four hours later, you were in a different outfit and we sat face to face with him at a like a restaurant or a burger place or something. So it's kind of interesting that even when you think you're disguise like you don't even have to be that disguised because people don't take notice but also we had masks on because it was COVID but I think that's being a woman too and I think that's why women are really good at being undercover because people don't suspect yeah would you like to just give your codename story how that happened I was originally codename Croft like Lara Croft like Tomb Raider because I was going to be taught how to roll on the floor with a gun. That's the only reason I need a gun. I, I never want to shoot it. I don't like guns. They scare me. I just want one to attach to my leg for looks purposes. And then I just want to learn how to roll on the floor with it in my hand. And that's it. That's what I need it for. So I went with codename Croft. And now I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm toying with a few other names now. So obviously we spoke about how you feel when I go out. What's it like when you go out with a team? So like you talked about that job and then the the stalker job and you and Harrison are together on the street and I'm not on the street next to you. What do you feel when you're out there? Because you are my daughter. Does it ever have any effect on you? I think when when I'm out, I do see you as the boss more than my mom necessarily because when I see you as the boss, then I just know it's biz like it's business. This is our job. And if I start being like, oh, but my like, you know, I'm waiting in the car and mom's out there, then it's it's more personal and more emotional. And I'm gonna be like more worried the whole time. Whereas when I see you as my boss and I'm just part of the team, it kind of gives me well, really, I'm just like running on adrenaline the whole time anyway. And then I never sleep the night when we come home because I'm like so hyped up on everything that happened and basically just scream all the way home. But I think that's how I have to separate it because it's it's kind of the same thing coming back to how I feel when you go out. It's like I have to I have to almost compartmentalize the relationships kind of thing, but also in saying that, if there's something I don't like, then I can pull the mom card. You know, it's kind of like I have the upper hand because if someone's annoying me, I can be like, I will tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will, I'm not afraid to use my mom against you. 
Because then you know that you're the favorite too because we're related to you. But not necessarily true. (laughs) But we can um, get away with more. Do you realize how much the rest of the team, I want to use the word protect, but they protect each other. But Well, I kind of like to think of myself as the Charlie in Charlie's Angels. Right. You know, because I'm kind of like in the box and I know where everyone is at all times, mostly. Like if I'm not on the job with you, I'm like the person that knows who's on the job and where it's happening and where everyone is. And then you guys are like the angels. So I know that if I do come out on a job that I'm like, I'm the safest, probably one of the safest people because they're not going to let anything happen to Charlie. Or my daughter. Or your daughter. I notice. I mean, we all protect each other and they do it with me. And I think that they have an enormous amount of respect for you and I both. I mean, they're most of them are special forces or Navy SEALs, like they've seen and done everything. That's a good position for me to be in. It makes mm-hmm. life easier for me. Sometimes I come home and I'm, obviously I live on my own and you can't sleep. I, I was in San Diego on Wednesday working and um, came back and we'd had a great day and it, and you're, you're buzzing and, and then the next time you come back, it's not always great. And it's it's a very stressful time after the event for me. And I do manage to put it aside. But for example, that night that we nearly lost the operative and the target dragged the operative out of the car, that case was when we thought we were looking into fraud and corruption, but ended up following a Mexican cartel drug dealer on the streets of LA. It got nasty. I think I spoke to you about it because all I could hear was my operative saying, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me. And that's on me as the boss. And I know that night when I came back, that haunted me for a couple of days. I could just hear that. And I think I spoke to you because, again, it's I I understand that my boundaries where I talk to you and I Mm -hmm. know what you don't want to hear about certain jobs. But I think also it's you understand the operation side and me talking to somebody who didn't have that understanding would be, oh, so what? They didn't get killed. Yeah. Um, you all came home, so that's it. But it wasn't about that. There was a lot more to it than that. But you were the person that I was able to share that with. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't share it with any of the team because I suddenly had to be the boss. And I had to debrief the whole team. And we had to learn from the mistakes that were made and move on from it. But for me, because I'm also human... I needed to talk to somebody about it and you were the the go-to. I think that's when it becomes like the mother-daughter thing, right? Because we're best friends and we tell each other everything anyway. So even in that situation, I wasn't on that particular job. But that's when when you come home, you call me and tell me about your day, whether it's good or bad, which we do every day anyway. But it just helps that I understand because I've been there with you, so I understand it a little better. But I think that's where those kind of two relationships differ, because at the end of the day, I'm still your daughter and you're still my mom. So we're going to tell each other things that we wouldn't tell anyone else because of our relationship and the comfortability of saying, like, this is what I'm scared of right now, or this is what's keeping me up at night right now, or this is, you know, good thing or a bad thing. So it kind of varies depending on 
the situation and the job and whether I was there, whether you were there and all of those things. And we can, I think we've found a good balance between our own boundaries and our mother-daughter boundaries and our work boundaries because it's it's hard to work with family. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to say no to family too when you're as close as we are. Like we rarely say no to each other anyway because – but that's just because we've always been that close. And I think for a lot of people, that's why with my friends, I don't really tell them so much when – I'll tell them after the fact if I've been on a job – but for a lot of my friends, they're not as close necessarily. Like I have one friend that's as close with her mom, but really as a family and as a tight-knit group, it's an unusual relationship because we work together and and our family and depend on each other. So it's kind of hard to explain to people why we would do it, but it's very different when it's been your whole life. life. Like, we didn't just start doing this last week. Right. I remember having the panic buttons installed in our house when you had a stalker, which for an average person would be really scary and weird to be like, why did you have, what? And it doesn't make sense to people that that's our life. But for me, it's just like normal. So I think that's why it's just work rather than getting super emotional, um, emotionally involved in things. And that's why there are some things that I just will never be able to do because it would be too much for me. But at the end of the day, we're still able to be mother and daughter. So Kyle's your husband. He's very different background and he's joined this family. We're the fixers, right? That's yeah. what we call ourselves. So he's joined this family I think he's scared of me, but I've never had a conversation with him. What he feels about, like say, I grab you off the sofa, we go out, he doesn't know what time you're coming back, and then we ask him to swap cars for us and disappear so he's not seen. What does he think? Because I know how he is as your husband. He always says that he cannot keep up and nothing ever stays the same for too long in our family. Because when he married me, he also married Harrison and mom, right? Because we just come as a package deal. So it's we're we're all we're both very close with our families. He's very close with his family. I'm very close to my family. So family is a big part of both of our lives. So I think he knows that at the end of the day, if one of you needs me, whether it's for a job or Harrison needs his car getting out from the tow shop because he doesn't want to tell mom, then I'm going to have to be the one to drive and get it or I'm going to come with you. But what does he think about what you're doing? For that, I think he just, I think he just has no idea. It's probably best to keep it that way because for him, he's just like, I don't, I don't get it. Like he, he obviously knows in on paper what we're doing, but I think he'll never grasp what that actually is when we're when we're out there you know what I mean like and I don't think anyone does because until you're out there yeah people relate what we do to a movie or you have a a perception of a PI we're way more than PIs you know a PI is somebody who or we follow husband cheating wives 
that's not what we do. It's also a different feeling every time. Like you never get used to it. Like, I mean, maybe you're used to it now because you've been doing it for a long time. But for me, every time I go on a job, I get that first feeling again of adrenaline and then I can't go to sleep. And then I, once we do get home, I have to sit up watching TV for ages because I'm just like, what just happened in the past however many hours? And I always try and explain it to Kyle. And I do tell him like everything that happens so that he knows what I'm doing and where I'm going so that he doesn't have to be worried. I try and give him as much detail as possible. But I think even then you can't really explain it to someone unless you're in it. Obviously your friends, your core friends, they have normal jobs. Mm -hmm. Does anyone ever try and say to you, don't do this? Because people obviously say to me, why are your kids doing this? My friends don't. I think Kyle does, but that's like, he's obviously concerned that I'm not going to come home. Yeah. Right. Whereas for me, I've had it my whole life. So like I was saying earlier, in my mind, you're always coming home. I never even put that thought in my mind that you're not going to come home. But that's because I've grown up that way. Whereas for him, he will text like he'll be texting me the whole time or trying, you know, after an hour or two, he'll call, especially when I get home. I think that's why he likes to know what happened, even if he'll never understand it, because he just wants to know that whatever I did, I was safe. But he also knows that I'm safe with you. So as long as you're there, I think if if it wasn't you and your company and your team, which he knows some of the team now yeah. at this point, if it wasn't with you, he would not want me to do it. I think he would be like, this is too dangerous or too scary. So I think because it's my family – He's like, okay, off, off you go again. Yeah. See you in a few hours. Just going back to what you said before, you said that some of the stuff is too dark for you that I do. What what kind of stuff is too dark and, and why? I think for me, like this, the sex trafficking is hard for me to, to comprehend, which is kind of funny because I'm the biggest Law & Order SVU fan in the world. But I think for me, like... I sit at home and watch it so I'm safe. Whereas when you talk about it, it's more real. Like it wasn't a group of writers that wrote this script. And so I know that this situation never actually happened. Whereas when you talk about it, I know it happened in real life. And I think that, I don't know if it's too invested, but I do get very invested in TV shows and characters and things like that and I think if I was in that situation I would almost get too invested in the victims and and I would take it home with me so I think the sex trafficking and rape victims like for me that's just so hard because it's just so horrible you know and you don't want to believe that that's happening at your doorstep even though I know it is Obviously, we have the protocol, whatever time it is, yeah. I let you know that I'm home, even though you'll be asleep, hopefully. Mm-hmm. When I ring you and say, okay, we've got a job, we've got to go downtown LA and it's a trafficking job and I'll hopefully be back in a few hours. What do you actually think as, a, as a, I'm asking as my daughter, not as working together? My first thought or even my first question to you is who else is going? Yeah. And so I think for me, my first thought is who else is going to be there? Like how many 
of you are going, who is it, and what are what are their jobs because I need someone to make sure that you're safe because I I know at the end of the day you're going to go and regardless, so I could never ask you not to go. And I know if, if I turned around and said, I don't want you to do this, you probably wouldn't do it if I seriously no. handle my heart said, I do not want you to go. I don't feel comfortable with you going. I know you wouldn't go. But at the end of the day, this is something that you're so passionate about and is really important. So I'm never going to ask you not to do it. But I just have to make sure that you're not doing it just because it's something you're so passionate about. Like there just, there has to be more boundaries and like people involved and what are people's jobs? Like, I just want to know the game plan. Have you ever thought mom might not come back? I never think that because if I did think that even once for a second, I would never let you go again, you know? So I think in my mind, I'm very nonchalant about it because I I kind of always think to myself oh mom's got another job she'll be back in you know a few hours because if I ever thought that you weren't coming back I would never I wouldn't let you ever go on a job so I have to always in my mind you're immortal and you'll never die (laughs) (laughs) there's no doubt the mother-daughter dynamic is a complex one and our circumstances only add to that She's not only my best friend, but someone that understands my experience because she's right there with me. Though it can be hard at times to balance the complexity of work and family, in the end, I wouldn't have it any other way. Join me next week, I'll be talking to Dre, former Navy Special Ops and cybersecurity expert, about the unique skill set it takes to be an effective operative and some close calls we've had infiltrating criminal organizations over the years. Until next time, I'm Nina Hobson, and this has been Codename Siren. Siren.